Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from as Nostradamus. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. Still to come, she's a mom for America. Taking action, Kimberly Fletcher. She is not Celine Dion doing stand-up, Francis DiLorenzio. And they still haven't found what they're looking for, and it's been a while. You too, back in the spotlight. And now, from Times Square, which may or may not be the home of Taylor Swift's bejeweled anti-hero style torn shorts that are never, ever, ever getting back together, here's that heaven! Well, thank you, Dave. Uh, kids, did you see the story? Speaking of Taylor... Travis Kelsey's mom asked, you know, oh, Mrs. Kelsey, what was it like to be in the box with Taylor Swift? You know, the magical owner of all the universe that we're just living in while everybody else has become a zombie buying all of her stuff and singing all of her songs. And Mrs. Kelsey said, eh, it was just okay. Here we go. For Assignment Desk Weekend, I'm Kevin McCullough. On Thursday this week, the Biden administration waived 26 laws and announced that after allowing more than 6.9 million aliens into the country, which is the equivalent or exceeds the population of 32 actual individual states and is more than the combination of eight states' populations put together, and after railing on the deep bigotry that the border walls represent, the administration announced it had plans to build 17 miles of border wall. When asked about the insanely hypocritical double standard, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the press secretary for the administration, said, Oops. In the ongoing civil trial in New York against former President Donald Trump, New York Attorney General Letitia James Smiling in this picture for just having won the Hey, 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 Fat Albert Soundalike contest, made an unconventional move in the incredibly public ordeal. She took to social media on Thursday to release a video she had previously pledged not to. Claiming to do so was a needed therapeutic step, she explained. We might add, the following is very graphic. Roll the video. Sadly, now I think I need therapy for having seen it. Speaking of those needing therapy, Hillary Clinton, pictured here, snapping her fingers and muttering, missed him by that much, having just tossed a lamp past her husband's head, she called for a formal deprogramming of Trump supporters while speaking on CNN to 
all eight of the viewers that they have. Claiming she wasn't attempting to censor expression, she proceeded to refer to Trump supporters as insane and extreme, which in her mind was a big improvement over what she called them in 2016, which was deplorable. And in a perfect example of government's efficiency, ethics, and effectiveness, a woman named Madeline Michelle Carthen is nearing 16 years of fighting with the government to prove that she's alive. The government insisting that her social security number belongs to someone who is deceased. Because, you know, that's how it goes. Even if you're alive and you're arguing with the person in the government who says you're dead, if the government says you're dead, you're dead. Or something. Ten members of the Roanoke College's university's swim team are speaking out for fairness after a biological male attempted to join this year. Now, some may remember when Leah Thomas joined the University of Pennsylvania's women's swim team after swimming in the men's division for that school for three years. In his one year swimming with the girls, the six foot five dude shattered several records en route to becoming the NCAA Female Athlete of the Year before announcing that he was transitioning back to male swimming. Because, you know, this whole thing is all about advancing women's rights. A book club in California has finished its first book, taking nearly 28 years to complete. Finnegan's Wake took its author, the famous James Joyce, 17 years to write. The book club began reading it in 1995. The novel was Joyce's final work and is notoriously hard to read. The club would read one page at a time, then have two hours of discussion each week. When asked how the club settled on its very torrid pace, a representative from the book club said, well, we wanted to at least read faster than Congress. A new study claims yelling at children stunts their development in various areas of life. Assignment Desk Weekend and Kevin McCullough concur with the study. After all, my mom yelled at me a lot, and she stunted my desire to steal, talk back, run with the wrong crowd, or take up criminal, criminal enterprise in general. Imagine how it have turned out. If only she had ever used her inside voice. And finally, she's the mastermind. With torn jean shorts bejeweled in a classic anti-hero style. Featuring tears in the fabric that are never, ever, ever getting back together. Taylor Swift was caught wearing the product of her champagne problems while still in her lavender haze this past Sunday at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. She flaunted the cruel summer apparel as she cheered on her new lover. When asked where she got them, she refused to answer, claiming the matter was delicate. Assignment Desk Weekend has uncovered the cost. The shorts run $700 a pair. And that's Assignment Desk Weekend.
South, and we are morally and ethically obligated to name our pets after our favorite SEC team. This dog right here is our pride and joy. His name's Peyton. This right here is our Lord and Savior, Bear Bryant. This is the only dog we've ever had. This right here is Manziel. This right here is our dog, Stetson. She qualified to be put down about two years ago, but somehow she's still here. Shoot, we've tried it all. We've done our favorite coach, our favorite player, Heisman winning quarterback. Yeah. Announcer, we've done a play-by-play -play guy, we've done an assistant coach. We used to have an old dog named Fulmer. Rest in peace, he was a little heavy. We named our pet Reno. Get it? Petrino. Yeah, she ended up running off with one of the other dogs in the neighborhood. There she is. Been having some neck problems too. This dog right here. We named her Kick Six. This right here is my favorite pet. Obviously, her name is Spur. We're gonna win the SEC West. Saban, Tusky, Julio, Amari, Bryce, Tua. He's had some head injuries, but he'll be fine. Quincy, Stafford, Deuce. Dooley, Munson. Ricked, Bobo. I mean, Michael Sam? I mean, come on, I can't name a dog Jadavian. We live in South Carolina. Mississippi State? Shoot, we're mad we can't name our pets after Confederate generals anymore. This dog right here is named Cam Newton. People think she just randomly chose this household, but what people don't know is we paid a lot of money to get you, didn't we? We turned in. Burrow! Come here, Burrow! South Carolina, we've had some nice pets over the years. Unfortunately, most of the state's best pets go to Clemson, so say Atlanta in general. Football? We have a football team? This right here is our dog, Jimbo. We're kind of stuck with her now, aren't we? You know, it's cost too much to get her, and it feels like it would cost even more to get rid of her. I mean, at this point, we just named our dog Career NFL Backup, because, I mean, we got two pets, Archie and Eli. Shoot, my daughter wants to name our next dog Kiffin, but it feels like every spring we're scared he's gonna run off. I mean, our dogs will run, but on the basketball court. Every Florida fan will tell you it's tough naming your pets after your favorite players. We've had one good one. This is Tebow. Other Ready or not, he'll be right back. My next guest is someone that I think is going to represent and speak for one of the most underrepresented, uh, at least in the media, demographics that will be making their presence felt in this upcoming election. It's one of the reasons why I've been tracing a lot of the issues that they've been talking about. And there's more than just one organization that's doing this really good work. But it is an honor to uh, welcome my next guest with us. She's the founder and president and CEO of Moms for America and Moms for America Action. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kimberly Fletcher. Hello, Kimberly. Hello. It is great to be with you here today. Um, let's talk about 
there seemed to be a, a almost imperceptible shift right after the last presidential election that when um, it seemed to be a declaration of war, if you will, on everyday moms that may not have even been all that political. What has happened in the last three years to mothers, how they think and how they respond to what the administration and the culture at large has been pushing? Well, they're responding with anger and frustration, um, kind of scratching their heads going, what is wrong with you people? I mean, it, it, we, we see common sense and we don't understand why no one else has it. So as I talk to moms around the country, uh, the main three things I hear is they feel like they are being completely ignored. They are trying to be usurped. They're trying to be replaced and they don't like it. They're very, they're very angry and they're looking for any angles that they can find to protect their children and make sure that their parental rights are respected. And this has played out differently in different states. Um, and Virginia is a place where it swept a governor into office and they've had some success, at least legislatively there. We're going to, we're going to come back to Virginia in a second, but you've got states like California now that are wanting to criminalize moms who show up at school board meetings and simply disagree. Yeah, that's a real problem. I'm actually in California this week, and I, I spent a lot of time in California this summer because moms are just very hungry for what can we do? How can we be effective? And if you've seen the the, the moms and dads, the parents in Chino who have come out and said, we're not going to take this. And this is crossing all, all divides because a motherhood is the great unifier. And when you protect your children and you care about your children, that's something that unites us all. And we have moms, I've, I've met with moms in Los Angeles, I've met with Armenian moms, I've met with Muslim moms, Jewish moms, Christian moms, and we all are concerned about the same thing. So in California, they are really feeling like they're just being run over. And when you have, uh, I mean, there's a bill out right now, uh, SB 665, one, one number short of the devil bill, and that's what all the moms are calling it, because they're now saying that they can take their children away as young as 12 years old. They want to lower the age of consent to 12 years old and then say these children can consent to having their bodies mutilated or um, transitioning drugs, and the parents can't do anything about it. They can be emancipated. They can go live somewhere else. And I, I'm, there's nobody who's going to love these children or want to protect them like their parents. And for the government to step in and, and say, oh, we know better than you do, and these children who are, who are too young to make these kind of decisions, the government is basically forcing them down a path, and all of the, the bullying and intimidation tactics that the schools and, and the communities are using to push them down that path is, is causing enormous amount of harm to our children, and that's why these moms are standing up and fighting back. Well, they haven't, um, I've said this for a long time, the left they're not really having that many children and the ones uh, that they want to experiment with and do all this kind of social uh, engineering with are always those that belong to us, the, the people that are uh, more traditional in our outlook. And I think by attacking particularly the bond between parent and child, um, the, the political aspirations of that side is really biting off, I think, way more than they can chew. But it's not showing up, uh, Kimberly. It's not. It's not in polling. You don't. You don't see it widely reported in media. But it, your group's not the only one. Moms for Action is one. But there's Moms for Liberty. There's Concerned Women for America. There's there's so many different groups that are addressing this from this type of angle. What do you feel like uh, the response is going to be, barring 
the current powers that be in places like the governor's mansion in, in California and the White House uh, stepping back and saying we are wrong and making a complete three, uh, you know, 180. What 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 is the impact going to be on this election by the very constituency that you're speaking for? Moms are going to determine this election, and that's the bottom line. Uh, we've determined the election in 2021 in Virginia. We determined the election in Florida in 2022. And as I was going around the media after the 2022 election, I had all of these media outlets who were asking me, well, what happened to the red wave and what's the split vote? So there was no split vote. It was a flipped vote. And there was a red tsunami that came out as millions of moms who've never voted flooded to the polls to vote for one office and went home, school board. Now we just need to move them up the ballot and help them see the other people that are representing them and that are going to protect their rights. And the reason why Florida did so well in the election and Governor DeSantis is because they'd already proven that that's what they're doing. The laws that they were passing, the champion that, that, that the governor had become in Florida, it, we were looking at him as like America's governor. And we had moms in several other states who were like, look, DeSantis is doing, do that. You know? yeah. We had a seat at the table in Florida. And, and well, we are and now you had, having a and you seat had at the table success. across the board. In Virginia, the year before, as you just mentioned, we did that's what largely swept Glenn Youngkin to uh, power. And there were moms who were of all political persuasions. I mean, we have a mom that lives up north in uh, northern Virginia, and right across the street from them, they, their kids play together, but they have diametrically opposed views on politics. And for work it out there first, you know. But during the elections, previous elections, they not only supported Democrat candidates like Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, they held fundraisers for them in their in their you know large homes. And in 2021, they had Yankin signs in their front yard. Because you don't tell anyone that they aren't your kids. Yeah, I think, like I said, they're they're way overstepping their boundaries. And when you when you come between a mother and, and a child, I mean, there's just something that God created about that bond that makes it unique. And it's just best if government not mess well, with it. Um, dangerous place not, to be. <laughs> and it's not it's not just California, Washington State, Michigan. There's a number of states that are putting forward legislation that either criminalize the act of protest at, at school council meetings, or they're actually uh, advocating for that emancipation of the child from the family that you were talking about earlier. And I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that we have anyone anywhere in America that advocates this. But Kimberly, it's not just in one or two spots. This is a mainline view of the progressive Marxists that are trying to, um, that, well, I guess they're just tired of traditional values thwarting their plans and they can't go through the courts anymore because we've got a different type of judicial system. Thank you, Donald Trump. Um, and it's, and, and so they're, they're trying to go back and figure out, well, if we can't go through laws cause we can't get them passed legislatively and we can't get courts to be activists to, to change them, then we just have to just go out and, and grab them ourselves on the state level. And that's what it appears that they're trying to do. It's exactly what they're trying to do. And we have literally become their, their worst, their worst enemy, their biggest obstruction. Because when you start connecting all the dots of everything that they're doing from the comprehensive sex education, the gender identity, the critical race theory, um, even as, as much as, as far as the environmentalist programs and the yep. e economic collapse, I mean, you start connecting the dots and there is one objective, kill God and enslave the American people. And they're weaponizing our children to do it. Let's take a break on that note. Kill God and take away children. That is exactly what they're trying to do. Kimberly Fletcher is my guest. We're coming right back with a very specific case that we're going to talk about. Stay here. Ready or not, we'll be right back. That Kevin.
Back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. Back from Times Square, glad to have you with us. Uh, Kimberly Fletcher is my guest. She is the founder of Moms for Action uh, and Moms for, I'm sorry, Moms for America and Moms for America Action, the policy side and the politically active side. And she is crisscrossing the country, mother of eight. She's busy. She's got her life to, to live. Kimberly, this last week, and I was aware of this from a couple of different sources in advance, but Fairfax County um, is it, they're just coming down and they're saying, we don't even care if it's state law. We're going to defy the parents in our district. We're not going to give them the opportunity to uh, to opt out. We're not going to let them object. We're, we're, we're going to basically hold their kids hostage, even though the state law has changed and all of the uh, guiding, overarching, uh, governing authorities say they can't do it. And yet this principal and administration is saying that they're going to do it anyway. Um, that's a pretty defiant spine that they're trying to raise against you guys. What 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 are the mothers of that district saying about it? So they're obviously very upset. And the first thing they wanted to do was figure out what they can do about it. So they reached out to us and we have different legal actions that we can take. Um, we have hiring and firing processes that we can go through. So the first thing we have to do is we have to go to that Fairfax School Board and we have to identify who is going to be protecting parental rights and putting the edu quality education of children before their politics. And then those who are not in that game can we move them towards there. And if we can't, then they need to be replaced. So that's the first objective. And here's the, one of the things about these laws that I always tell people, you need to start with the Constitution, you need to consider unintended consequences, and then you need to determine how are you going to enforce it. And that's one of the things that when you're passing legislation is very often overlooked. Hmm. And so I'm re I've already reached out to several of my friends who are in the, um, the Virginia legislature and asked them, what is the enforcement part of this, of this law? Because we need to enforce it, and she needs to be fired. She needs to be removed from that school immediately because she's not only breaking the law, she's become a proven detriment and threat to our children. And she's going to completely ignore the safety procedures that we have put in place to protect our children. She has now become a threat to them and she well, needs to be arrested. And it's not like Virginia isn't familiar with some of the downsides of this because they played around with this prior to the Youngkin election. And you had sexual assaults going on in school bathrooms where boys and girls were uh, using the same bathroom. I mean, this was, it's one thing for them to say, well, we don't have the evidence or the research isn't final or all the rest of it, but Virginia has made this uh, an, an exercise that they played around with prior and it was bad. They have purposely ignored the claims that parents have made and it's, I wish I could say that it's, you know, it's an isolated incident, but as you know, it's it's everywhere. This is happening in Florida and Texas, where we worked hard to pass laws and school districts, principals, um, sometimes teachers are just saying, yeah, whatever, we're just going to do whatever we want. And it goes beyond the principal. We, we need to make sure that we know what's actually happening in our children's classroom. And despite what the school district will tell you or the school will tell you, you have every right to monitor that classroom. You have every right to go in and look at the books in the, in the school. Just go to the office, respectfully sign in, get a badge. And one of the things they'll tell you is, well, we don't have the staff to be able to accompany you and escort you through the school and the classroom. I'm a parent. If my child is in here, I can handle walking through the halls myself. 
And I just, I think that we we need as parents need to realize that we have got to take back control of our children's education. And if that means pulling them out of school, okay. If that means leaving them in school, we need to protect them. We need to stand up and be an advocate for them. Know what your children are learning in the classroom and make sure that the teacher is following the law as well as the principal. Okay, there's, there's people listening right now that are saying... Uh, you're speaking my language. I, I'm struggling with this in my school district, and you guys probably don't even know about our school district yet because of all these other high-profile cases. How do people access uh, Moms for America and specifically help in this way with you guys? They can come to momsforamerica.us. You go to the top menu bar and click on Empower Moms. The information is there. Call or email us directly. If you are having a problem legally or you have the CPS is at your door or you're being silenced, we can help you with all of those things. We have a, a series of legal firms that we use, and many of them do pro bono cases. So if you just start with momsforamerica.us, call us, email us, we're there to help you. That is fantastic. Momsforamerica.us, not com. Make note of that, momsforamerica.us, and then click the Empower Moms uh, tab at the top. Um, Kimberly Fletcher, thank you for fighting such a valiant fight. And we please come back. We will continue to um, rally and sound the alarm here. But without good boots on the ground, there's nothing that can be done uh, from a, a TV screen or a radio microphone. So it's really important that we uh, make sure that we get the information and have the, the groups capable of following up. And I'm grateful for what you guys are doing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back from New York. Don't go away. Ready or not, you'll be right back. Comedy stage we go, and Francis DeLorenzio. Comic dream, right? Right? Doing a comedy special in Utah for 50 sober people. <laughs> in their fanciest hoodies ever. Oh. And some even put on their fancy baseball caps. How'd you pick that one out? You're like, this is the good one. Because we are going to go to a taping. You guys do it right. Wow. Wow. You look happy. Some people look a little confused. You're all staring at me like, when did Celine Dion start doing stand-up comedy? Everybody has been telling me I look like Celine Dion for years. Do I look like it every day? I'm Celine Dion, Celine Dion. And oh my gosh, I have to be honest. That makes me feel really like a little insecure because she hasn't been attractive since 1982. <laughs> But thank you anyways, thank you anyways. I wanted to look good for you guys, I did, so I got dressed up, I wore my grandma's favorite couch. <laughs> and combat boots, oh my gosh, I am, 
I'm, a, I'm like a fashion influencer, I think. I think. I'm not sure. I'm working on it because I have like, I've only been on Instagram for two years and I, I already have 37 followers. Oh my gosh, I'm killing it. I know I have double that subscribers on YouTube. It's amazing. And when I figure out how to use TikTok, I'm going to kill it. I am going to be huge on TikTok. You guys don't sound like you're going to follow me. Anyways. <laughs> So I am excited to be here. I don't even know how to get dressed anymore. I have been such a homebody for the last year and a half, right? And so it's now, it's like, yeah, I'm trying to relearn everything. So I don't know if this looks good or not, but I have to be honest, I have mastered the homebody. I kind of love it, right? I love it. I got off the road. I stayed with my family for like a year and a half and it has been so good. It's not that I'm lazy. I am, I am so into it. I like work out like crazy at home. I, I do, I swim 20 laps a day. Uh, in my jacuzzi, and, uh, I jog five miles every other month, and I know, I'm killing it, right? And I even figured out how to do 10,000 steps without leaving the house. You just take your phone and you throw it in the dryer. Oh my gosh, one day I did 15,000 steps by accident, you know, because I didn't hear the, the buzzer go off. So I was like, oh man, I am so ahead of schedule. Look at that, look at that. But it is, uh, it has been so nice being with my family. It really has. I've gotten to know them so much better. And I just love that. Like, I didn't realize this, but my husband is my biggest supporter. He, he is for my career. Every single morning he calls my agent. I know without fail. He's like, oh my gosh, are the ships sailing yet? Are they sailing? I'll double your commission. I'll double. Okay, fine. How about a raft? Can you book her on a raft? She kills on a kayak. Just get her out there. Get her out there. He is so sweet. I just love him. I am so lucky. And then I have two teenage boys. That is so fun to be at home with them constantly. Oh my gosh. And I probably shouldn't brag, but they are, both of them are gifted. Not one, both. Both are gifted, like off the charts. And I mean, I didn't have them tested or anything. It's just, I know. It's just that whenever I tell them something, they're like, um, I know, we know, no kidding. Who doesn't know that? Everybody knows that, duh, you know, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are so intelligent. You are, they are, they are so smart. They are so smart, I even, I canceled my Google subscription. I'm like, you know, Google's not a subscription, sir. I'm just letting you know, it's, it's actually free. But anyways, I so much fun with them. I have. It's like, it's crazy. I got to know my husband better. Like I said, I did that. Um, we did like a lot of different things. One thing I realized is my husband and I are like the opposites attract kind of couple. And uh, it's worked out beautifully, right? Because we're yin and yang. But wow, I realized we don't even like the same TV shows. <laughs> One night I was laying in bed and all of a sudden he starts giving me a hard time. He's like, oh my gosh, all you do is watch crime shows. <laughs> Late, right? He's like giving me, ladies, you like that? Yes, you're for you. Oh my gosh. Are you guys married? Yes. Oh, I'm obsessed. I, I watch Forensics Files, Dateline. I know, but my husband was giving me a hard time, just like you, shaking your head. He's like, all you do is watch crime shows, crime shows. And at first, I was like, okay with it, but then I got defensive. And I said, well, all you do is watch Survivor and Deadliest Catch. I know. I'm like, what's the difference? And he's like, well, the difference is you're taking notes. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh, he seemed so worried. So I, I tried to calm him down. I'm like, honey, would you relax? Would you relax? Here, have some Gatorade. It's a new flavor. It's very relaxing. Just take a, take a little sip. You're gonna love it. Just relax, honey. So silly, so silly. Then we had fun as a family. We played traditional games. We played Monopoly, Yahtzee. My favorite was hide and don't seek. Oh my gosh, I love that one. Two weeks later, I open up a closet door and there's my husband cowering in the corner. And I'm like, the closet, I never thought of looking in here. Oh my gosh, you're such a good hider, you are. Oh, you look thirsty, have some Gatorade, take a little sip, it's a new flavor. <laughs> I love marriage, I do, I really do. And I keep saying that every day, just to keep it, you know, make sure it sounds authentic, that's what I'm doing. I, I do, I say that all the time. I love being with my family, but I'm also torn. I'm a little bit of a homebody, a little bit of a go-getter, I'm a little bit of family, a little bit of, like sometimes I want outside my family, right? Like I got, I got, you know, I had to take a little break from my family. I got so lonely, I wanted to talk to, I'm a people person, I wanted to talk to somebody on the outside, right? And so, oh my gosh, one day I got so lonely, I took my spam calls. Have you guys ever done that? <laughs> I'm serious, I'm like, hello? Yes, this is she, my computer. Oh my gosh, you're kidding me, you're kidding. Hold on a second, before you go any further, let me, let me guess, I know that accent. India, am I right? <laughs> I knew it. Last week I got a call from Phil in the Philippines and boy, are they having a tough go of it, yeah. Because a lot of them work on cruise ships and me too. And no, 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 not the hashtag me too, I'm fine, I'm fine. I just, I work on the cruise ships and that's what, okay, you're right, you're right, you're the one that called. How are you? <laughs> your mom I've been thinking about her how's she doing she that's great oh okay you're right back to the computer so could you help me figure this out like is the virus in my computer or on my computer yeah because if it's on my computer I can totally take care of that I have so much Lysol I have sprays I have gels I have wipes yeah yeah but if it's in my computer I could totally use your help so you'll probably need uh, my social security number yeah and whenever you're ready I'll give you my bank account and password because I just want to help you you help me, okay? So. Francis D. Lorenzo on That Kevin Show. Coming right back. You're not. We'll be right back. That Kevin. Serving it up with a no-drink minimum. It's That Kevin. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, you too.
nuovo of a few thousand people in Milan, Italy. You uh, 2 preparing for its Atomic City World Tour. Brand new music earlier tonight, a classic there from one of the most well-revered rock bands in history. Kevin McCullough, see you next week.